Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started vaibhav is the founder of lovely lifestyle the coo of lovely autos and a vice president at lovely professional universities in the interview vaibhav who has a deep passion for music and comes from a family of entrepreneurs draws parallels between his experiences in music and leadership highlighting the need for patience focus and the ability to work collaboratively with people from different walks of life he delves into the struggle of the ongoing challenge of developing his team members into leaders and he candidly re- reveals his desire for a mentor to guide him through refining his leadership skills showcasing vulnerability and a commitment to continuous personal and professional growth Hi Vavok, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hi Sobhat, happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here with uh, us today. Can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what is it that keeps you busy? Sure Sobhat, my name is Vavok uh, Mittal. I'm uh, from Punjab and a city called Jalandhar and I've been born and brought up here. I have been around I did my most of my education here but I also work started in the US I was at Babson College and spent 2 years there then I worked in Los Angeles for 1 year and then I came back because I belong to a business family and kids from business family don't generally stay overseas for fun they come back and do business so that's what happened to me also but I'm in a very happy to be back here so we have amazing businesses under the the banner of lovely group we started with lovely sweets then we got into automobiles then education and then we got into the i personally got into the beauty products so i am splitting my time in the different business verticals that we have and and each business is so unique that it keeps you busy from you know day to night mm-hmm. absolutely so thank you for sharing that background i'm quite curious right how has that shaped you as a person what are like what are some of the advantages that you see like as growing up in a in a family business or in a business family and uh, maybe what are some misconceptions which uh, people have uh, about you which uh, maybe you would like to clear up or 
uh, like which you have to deal with on your day-to-day life? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Good question. I think so. Growing up in a family business is is like fun because you get to hear about the business problems on the dinner table or on the breakfast table. And you keep getting exposed from the very young time. So I think it was in the late 90s when I was a teenager. And I was it now, which is the ancestral business of ours. And that was a cash-driven business at that time. So a lot of cash, because it was a retail business, there was a lot of cash which was coming in. People buy goods and they were giving cash for it. And one gentleman came because I was behind the counter and I was counting the cash. And he was probably in his late 50s and he said, I am not liking that you're sitting here. That's a lot of cash for you. What are you doing? You should be studying. And I said, hey, relax. It's a Sunday. I come here to work every Sunday so that I can get some handle on the business. And this cash is not spoiling me because I'm doing my responsibility given to me by my father. So please be very clear on that. I'm not here to just receive this cash and feel that I'm very wealthy. It's a responsibility I'm doing. So I think to answer that question, being in the family business is fun. It gives you exposure on a day-to-day basis on the business problems. But at the same time, you are living a very big responsibility. And this also leads to the misconception, which people think that, oh, you got everything on the platter. Oh, you don't have to really work. You've got a lot of money already. It's not the case. I think one has to realize that you are in this position where you are uh, fortunate enough to be born in a family, which was a family business, and you were able to get your exposure from the very beginning. But you have to work hard every single day. If you don't work hard, somebody will take over or the wealth that you have, it will deplete. So every day it's a hustle. Every day you have to work hard, you have to learn and you have to grow as a person and professional. So I think that's been the journey. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that aspect, right? I think if you are in the limelight, it's uh, easy to say that somebody has it easy. Uh, But as you said, it's even more responsibility. And I think beyond the business responsibility, it's uh, very difficult emotionally uh, because you are still, especially when you are younger, you are still trying to understand the world, find your way. And then everybody has a particular lens towards you, uh, which makes you even more confused. So can you share any like one or two incidents or choices that you had to make, which you would say like our defining for you as a person, as a leader? So... Because you know, I studied at Babson College, which is the uh, world's number one college for entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship cannot be taught very clearly. But still, that school has made an attempt to instill that uh, feeling of being an entrepreneur. So it's mm. the feeling. And you want to gain and you want to give and reach to that feeling. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur and startup is cool. Being a founder is cool. So those are all the buzzwords which a lot of people want to reach out. And that's cool. If you are one of those who want to reach out, you want to say that to your friends or you want to splurge that I'm a founder. But I think you have to understand that everybody's trying to make money. And it's not just about making money. It is about gaining profits, right? Mm -hmm. So I think initially when I had just come back to the family business and I was thinking, hey, I'm going to be part of this family business and maybe it's not as cool as my other friends who became entrepreneurs. Now that I see the journey of uh, about 10 years when I came back, I feel that what kind of money am I making? What kind of profits I'm making versus somebody who is a starter, who is a founder, who's got a lot of line life, but does not have money, has not made profits, is still doing losses. 
So you realize that you could be starting very small, you could be a very small shop, you could be a very small business, but if you're profitable, the world will look up to you. It's not about creating big money. It's not about being on the bourses and thinking that this is my valuation. That's not the right way to look at it. As a business, you have to generate profits. If you're profitable, everything is okay. So I think that's been one of the biggest learnings for me over the last decade of coming back to, the, to my family business and to India. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's a big distinction or confusion between uh, what is a startup and what is a business. And especially a business which is sustainable, which can run on its own, rather than uh, compared to a startup which might be very successful, but still has a lot of like external factors that they have to depend upon. Correct. Uh, so you spoke about the last 10 years. Can you share a bit more about uh, the next 10 years? What is it that now you want to do where do you want to take uh, like the company that you're currently responsible for or anything else that you have as your dream, as your vision going forward? Okay, so very difficult to see the next 10 years. Plus, you don't know what's going to happen next two years. So I yeah. think uh, my fundamental job or my fundamental responsibility is that whatever work I'm doing, I should be able to justify it. I should be able to do it to my best possibilities. And I should learn why I'm working. I should learn and grow. And this experience that I'm gaining now should help me further to propel myself further, to propel my business also further. So next 10 years, I would be continuing doing the things that I'm doing. Would be starting new brands or new companies. But in each of the companies or each of the businesses that I get into, it's important that they are profitable. And mm -hmm. secondly, they are able to grow, sustain, and I can learn while I'm doing all this, all the work hmm. within the companies. Yeah. That's, and that's the only wish that I don't stop learning. And is there any particular dream or any particular like, area where you would like to start a new brand or expand your current brand? I'm very passionate about a few things, apart from being in the family business mm -hmm. in itself, a big responsibility. To carry yeah. the name, also, you know, the brand name or the group's name is uh, very strong. It resonates with millions of people in India mm -hmm. and worldwide. So one of the fundamental responsibilities is to keep that name and do all the businesses ethically. Now, a lot of people don't get this also. They get into the other means to generate money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not right. You have to hustle. You have to hard work. Maybe you want to do smart work. That's cool too. Do the smart work, but be ethical in what you're trying to do. So... What happens is that in the current businesses, I will continue doing that. In the new new areas of business, I'm passionate about music. I'm a musician. I had been uh, trying to do something which is related to music. I'm still not seeing a market in India for the things or the ventures that I want to create. But I'll continue you know, at that as an opportunity and seeing whenever there is a right time, I will hit it. Um, I'm also very passionate about organic and natural products, uh, especially the beauty products in the organic and natural space. And uh, I have uh, traveled a lot of countries, a lot of worldwide uh, exhibition visits, uh, and I've seen a lot of the brands which are present elsewhere worldwide, how they are growing. So I think I will continue to seek those ideas into the new brand that I'm creating in the beauty business. And I that I'm able to justify that role as well. Tell me a bit more about what you shared about music. What role does music play in your life? Sure. So I got into music when I was very young. Probably it has always excited me listening to music. During the olden days, when probably you were also in India at that time, we used to have this uh, wedding band. 
which was mm. which will carry the groom and there was a wedding band in front of the groom. So I remember when I was really very small, you know, if there was a wedding in the nearby neighborhood, I would like really run out of my home to listen to that music. So I don't know why it was there. I think it's a God's gift that music excited me. And I kept learning various instruments. And currently I play guitar, I play saxophone, and I also dabble on piano a little bit. Uh. Music has been extremely important part of my life now because uh. it keeps me stable. It keeps me sane. It gives me the creativity, which helps me continue gaining further, continue growing because music is so vast. You can continue learning. You never have it all. You keep yeah. learning. You keep ushering into the new genres. Uh-huh. You keep listening to new music. So I think that keeps me very expansive, so to speak. It helps yeah. me continue into various dimensions of life. Uh-huh. I am born in India. I love Indian classical music. And that's what I've tried to imbibe in my music as well. Being a teenager at that time, you would love the rock music, rock and roll. So that's also a very important part of my life. I enjoy classical music in the contemporary style. So that gets me. Nowadays, really understanding the fusion music, and that's another word. So there are different sides to this music as an aspect or as a hobby or as a study. That it keeps really grounded. It tells me there's so much to learn. And it keeps you going on because in life, you have dull moments. Whether professionally, you have dull moments. So you need yeah. something back upon, something to maybe keep you stable and then guide you. So music yeah. has been that very important aspect of my life. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you, how does that play a role in your business, in your day-to-day work? Because you earlier shared about responsibility, right? Just being a, a part of a family which has been in business. There is a responsibility. There is a responsibility about ethics. And that can uh, many times create uh, like pressure or a burden. And if you see people at work, many times people are very stiff, like very serious and very uh, like not flexible. And and what you said is, is about music, is about creativity. And how do you balance these, like this big responsibility, commitment, profits, cash flows with a creative side of you? So does that come? fill into your work and does that create an advantage or how do you manage these two different sides of yourself? Sure. Thanks for asking that question. So I think there are a few lessons from the music. And one of the things is that earlier music would play a much bigger role into life and I would spend a lot more time with music. But mm-hmm. now with knowing responsibilities and also your responsibility as a father, as a husband. So you have to dabble those also carefully. So now it it plays an important role, but not as much time as I would have done initially or in my previous years. Hmm. But there has been a major learning that has happened with music. First is that because I've been a musician and I work with other musicians, I've been a band. You do understand, you know, you work with other people and they're all very creative. You know, they could be very esoteric also at some times. Music has taught you to work with, you know, different styles of people. It could hmm. be different backgrounds, different choices, different music choices different life skills you are collectively making music so i think that's the same thing which helps you at your workplace also because there are different people coming from different background could be better than you or maybe maybe not be as good as you but you're still putting everything together so that people can create better work or in a sense better music so i think it's an ecosystem that develops itself so music for me is an ecosystem and it's the same thing that implies on all the people that i work with on a day-to-day basis we are all connected with one common with common theme, 
and that place to being productive and bring something on the table and leave all the baggage behind and come to work every day. It's the same thing with music. When playing my guitar or you know, playing my saxophone, I have left everything behind and I'm just there in that music and I'm very focused. It's almost like a meditation to do that. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. When I open an Excel sheet and I'm working on it, I am trying to create music out of it. I look at the numbers like a musician looking at the notation. And I try to make sense of it and see what's going on. And if you're completely focused there, everything jumps out to you. And yeah. then you make your assumptions and it helps you make better decisions. First thing. Mm-hmm. Second, being a musician has made me very patient. Because you have to sit and learn. It's not easy. It's not a sport where you have to continue run around something or you keep moving. You have to settle, sit, and you have to learn music. It's a tough thing to be the business also. Sometimes you have to just sit patiently, look at the business, look at the problems of your employees, look at what are the opportunities in your work that you want to go And then then realize that, hey, I have done this there when I was a musician and I was in my practice room. It's the same thing. You're here in your office and you are sitting and patiently looking at the problem at your hand. Mm. So that helped. Yeah. And the thing which I would just like to touch upon is that being a being a musician and being a lover of music, you listen to bands from different countries from worldwide. I love bossa nova music, which originated in Brazil, and I enjoy it. Incidentally, connects me to the people of Brazil, mm-hmm. and there is a common theme. Now, it's I want to talk to anybody in Brazil. Similarly, if I look at anybody else who is. Let's say in Europe, even in Netherlands, and the Netherlands is big and big in the classical music, Western classical music. So I instantly can connect with the people there because of the music that comes from there. And if I pick any other European country, maybe Italy or maybe Germany, France is so big in music. So each of the countries yeah. bring their flavor. So I think that just opens up your mind to work with different set of people. So today I'm just not an Indian, I'm a global citizen. So I could be talking to anybody, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm already consuming the content that they have created for their own set of audience. But even I'm living worldwide, I can just create and consume anything I want. Yeah. So this particular flow of this information and being open and receptive mm-hmm. to work with anywhere in the world. I think that is a beautiful thing that has happened with music. Yeah. Thank you for connecting the dots. I think leadership is as much of an art, right? And uh, if it is an art, then everything helps you, right? So being with music allows you to be more patient, more uh, like able to listen to people, work with others, uh, empathize with others uh, better. Uh, and uh, thank you for adding that, right? So uh, we normally would not suggest any business leader to to dabble into an art. Uh, but having that as a passion already makes you like so much more uh, connected. I think you gave an example of, of Brazil, but I think India itself is so huge and diverse uh, that uh, it's so easy to get caught up in one ideology or one way of thinking. Uh, but yeah. what you're describing just opens you up and makes everything easier, both easier in terms of solving problems, but also easier in terms of finding new opportunities as well, which like any business leader has to do. Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. so much. There's absolutely so much. I think even if you're suggesting for a leader, I think it's very important for them to pick up some hobby or some art. Reading is a great hobby, which a lot of leaders have. And I think yeah. it definitely helps. Others, if 
somebody is not reading, you could be gardening. Gardening as a, is beautiful because you are, you know, playing with these plants and you are actually you know, cutting them in it and you are waiting for the plant to bloom and you're watering it. It's a very nice hobby as well because you have to be very patient and mm. you have to be focused. And you are dealing with things which are maybe not as natural as human beings. So yeah. it connects you with the other dimensions of life. So you are all part of the universe. So having that ability to connect with others, it just really helps. Yeah, thank you. So having yeah. said that, what what are your biggest challenges right now? Or where do you struggle the most? Okay, there, there are multiple things that I struggle with. And my struggles change from business to business. Mm-hmm. Because there are multiple verticals that I'm you know, involved in. But I think the one of the common problems that I see is getting the best out of other people. That's been a very big challenge. As a leader, you have to develop that ability to work with others, to depend on others to get the results. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get the desired results, you don't get the desired success also. Yeah. So I, one very big challenge is to work with people who come from different backgrounds. They may mm-hmm. be educated, may not be educated. So first of all, understand and empathize with them, know where they're coming from. Secondly, they're motivated to work because people who are coming from different startups of society, they might have a lot of life problems. I would not know. Those life problems might enter into your business also or enter into your workplace. Mm. How do you tell them to filter out the, the life and business or the work clearly? Because everybody's got a baggage. So motivate people to come to the workplace and feel that this is where they have to make a contribution and that they can. So, you know, the motivation is another challenge to get the people going. A lot of the youngsters I see who are working with me, they're very impatient and they get frustrated very soon. So, you know, how do you you kind of handle that and tell them that here you have a bigger responsibility? Just not think that the activity or the work that you have in hand is enough. You have to yearn for more. You have to further grow. Because Hmm. tomorrow, raising a family, you would have kids. If you don't learn here when you're given the opportunity, how would you create better citizens of the world? Hmm. So, that's a constant challenge to keep the manpower activated, motivated. And really grow them as a leader so that they can pick up on the bigger responsibilities. It's a very big challenge for me. Yes, absolutely. If you were to wake up tomorrow and have any new ability or skill that will help you get the best out of people, what would that uh, ability or skill would be? Wow. I think I would really want that somebody comes and mentors me. Uh. A lot of times we miss out on mentors. We call them mentors. We call them life coach, call them business coach, different things. I think in our country, let's talk India, the concept of life coach or a business coach or a mentor really does not exist beyond a certain corporate yeah. or certain leaders. So I think if there is somebody who can come and who can guide you on mm-hmm. how to empathize better, how to see a problem in a better way, that could really help. I think the work that you are doing in development of the leadership, I think something like that. I still don't have any life coach. Understand. Uh-huh. All my experience I'm sharing here, you know, are coming from very deep within based on the encounters that I have. And I'm sharing it here. But I don't have life coach to discuss this. If I have somebody, probably if there is some problem in my thinking or in my conduct or my behavior, probably somebody uh-huh. can guide me. Hey, Weber, you got to do this like that. Puts me in situations and asks me to respond or react to it. Uh-huh. I think that would have made me a better person, a much better person. Thank you. I think thank you 
more more than the answer i think for willing to share that because many times it is difficult to be vulnerable and i know that was like a difficult question but i'm glad that you shared what is missing because sometimes that can be seen as weakness and people don't open up so thank you for doing yeah. that because for me like that's a sign of courage that's a sign of strength uh, so thank you for for being honest and for being open about that yeah sure sure yeah would you say are your biggest strengths or like things which you are naturally good at that helps you in, that has helped you in the last 10 years that the success that you have achieved and that you rely upon for the future good good you're asking very good questions so much <laughs> so, <laughs> you know i'm really good at it okay i think i would draw back to this being with music has been my biggest strength and whenever i'm stuck in a problem I always look back at it for guidance. And uh, in, in several ways, I've already shared how it has helped me. So that that is first that I have a buddy with me all the time, whenever I need it, to reset, to refresh, and to just start again if there are any downfalls. Second, I think my strength is that I'm always trying to make sure that the other person is successful. Mm. I see that as part of me, that if my colleague is successful, I'll be successful. If my worker is successful, I'll be successful. So, you know, this concept of understanding that others work and succeed, then you succeed. And making sure that they don't fail because they fail, you fail. So I think very important for me. Mm. And uh, another thing is, you know, until you start, you just never finish. So start. Whatever you want to do, I think this is not much of a problem with the leaders, but maybe at the manager level and below. You've got to start. So there are so much resistance that a lot of people have. It's a very human tendency. So I think a lot of times I start. And a very you know, good friend of mine suggested me that you got to conclude the work that you have started. So you can't leave it open for long. So now I conclude all the things. So first it was starting. Now it is concluding. Hmm. What do you have achieved? Yeah. So that's the thing. And I think rest is, I think one should realize that we all have different skills. And my skills could be worse or better than yours. And yours could be vice versa. Whatever. Hmm. So understanding what one is good at is very important. You know, I think this has been a common common theme I've seen in a lot of leaders. They know yeah. what they're good at. They know their strengths very well. So if you know your strengths early on, strengths and weaknesses both early on in your career, I think yeah. you are going to really be on the top of your game. So knowing that is extremely important. And to know that if you have to get a life coach, if you have to get a coach, or if you have to go through any program, in any leadership program, do that. Get enrolled. Mm-hmm. Because earlier the better. Know your strengths and weaknesses. A lot of times in our society, the weaknesses are hammered on a lot of times that the person mm. loses the, the sight of the strengths. Yeah. It should not be. Uh, you got to know your strengths very well. Thank you. I think it shows how much uh, self-aware you are uh, and how big a role music have played in that in that process. You have to be aware of what you're good at and before you start to capitalize on that. So you spoke about wanting others to succeed and that that being a core driver for you. Is there a dark side to that? Does that end up like what you're talking about earlier about responsibility? Does that create pressure or like, if you take it too far, is, do you see a, a dark side to that strength? <laughs> good question. So a good question. Yes, there is a dark side to it. A very dark side to it. 
because that's something which is very internal to you that yeah. you all say that the other person succeeds, you succeed. 95% of the time people don't get it because they have maybe not matured to that level where they understand why I'm saying this. People wish. Uh. It's not that. I am selfish for the other's success. Because somewhere, yes, my success is based on your success. But my fundamental role as a leader is that the other person succeeds. Because you become a leader, you know, you have this lifelong of experiences, personally and professionally, that slowly and slowly makes you a leader. When you are at the top, then you have to lead others. And there's so leadership is not always about shouting. And you have to go out and make yourself heard and make others believe that what you are saying. So drilling down, I think a lot of times this leads to the dark side. Where, you know, uh-huh. when you are empathizing in a lot with the person, you're sitting with the person to make sure that they succeed. They see it negatively. Uh-huh. And they think, you know, that the responsibilities of the leader, it's no longer of the manager. Because you are spending that time and explaining them things from the bottom up. Yeah. So I think those dark sides that I can think of. Yeah. And how do you take care of yourself when it gets overwhelming or there is something in the media which portrays you or the group negatively or the business is not going well or a particular person is not happy? How do you take care of yourself? How do you manage that uh, stress, that pressure? Yeah. So sometimes it gets very stressful. And I think so. How I see it, it could be different for others. How I see it. So if I have, let's say, failed at a task or I have failed at achieving the target. I would introspect. I would see that was it something that I could have done better. If there was, then I would motivate myself that, hey, next time this should not happen. I know my people who are above me would be unhappy. I would have to continue getting myself. I said that to succeed further in life, you got to learn. This is your learning spot. So consider it like that. What on the other side, sometimes you fail just because of some external circumstances. It's not because of you. You did everything that you could imagine. And you've been very sincere in your attempt and your intentions were very perfect. They were very good. And if it's the other situation, the latter situation, then anybody can say anything to me and it won't do anything to me. It won't bother me because I did my best and I'm very clear that I did my best. It did not work. Sorry, it did not work. But there was nothing better that I could do at it. And at that stage, I will just move on. Mm-hmm. I will just move on. Whether you like it, hate me, whatever, I will move on. I did my best. Yeah. So that's how wow. I see it. Thank you. Thank you, Weber, for I think everything that you shared and how you shared. More importantly, before we end this, I would like to ask you, is there anything else that you would like to, to share to anybody who might be listening? And then what is the best way for people to find out about what you are up to and to keep on following you for the future? Sure. Yeah. To answer that question, I am very active on LinkedIn and anybody can find me. I think I go by the handle Web of Mittal India. So that's my handle. Follow, connect. More than happy to meet people who follow your page and your podcast. And uh, one takeaway for everybody is to just be very passionate at what you're doing. Because the world sees your passion Uh more than anything else. If you're passionate, they resonate with you, they connect with you, and they see you as a person and know who they want to be or a person who they want to connect with. 
So I am very clear and I'm very passionate. I think you could also probably see it from the conversations. I'm very passionate about things I do. So I would want everybody to be passionate. You can't be, can't be disassociated with your work. You can't be disassociated with your personal life. You have to be very passionate. And I think normal is a passe. So move on. Be creative and do things, you know, which world would love you for. Absolutely. I think that thank you for, yeah, thank you for ending with passion. I think I want to connect it back to music before we end, is that you cannot think and create music, right? You have to come from your heart. Your whole body has to be in sync. And many times it's the same in leadership, right? You cannot just think about the strategy and expect the whole world to trust you, to be inspired by you. If you want trust and inspiration, it has to come from something beyond your brain, right? And you might be very smart, but unless people can see that passion, that heart in your voice, in your body, that makes everything else that you do like tactically much easier uh, or the other way around. So thank you for uh, showing it, I think, more importantly. And it was visible to me. And I, sure. I would like to say one thing on to what you're just saying. A very famous musician called Carlos Santana, who's is an American now. He says, if you cannot see the invisible, you cannot hmm. achieve it. You got to see it first. Whether you are a leader, whether you are a musician, you are anybody. Because leaders are creating things that do not really exist yeah. in normal life. You have to see it. If you see it here, it can happen. Yeah. So think big. You never know what's going to happen. And you have to manifest. Manifest that it will happen. Hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Weber, and uh, wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead. Sure. Thank you so much, Ovid, for you know, inviting me to the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.